Hi, welcome to Quarter Life Crisis, the podcast where I talk all things good while trying to dig my way out of my own personal quarter life crisis. This week we're talking geocaching and Hitchbot. For this month's theme, exploring. But first, this is my third episode. I've been making them for about a month now, and when I started I wasn't sure if anyone would listen. And honestly, that was never the point. This podcast is mainly a way of making me appreciate the good things all around me while hopefully getting better at public speaking and better at writing as well. That said, I've had some lovely feedback and I'm super grateful. Thank you for your reviews, kind words, and encouragement. It's great. It means a lot. I'm going to keep making this stuff as long as I can because it helps me keep busy and appreciate the good things that exist all around me. But enough preaching. Let's talk geocaching. Trying to stay active during the current epidemic has been difficult, to say the least. I definitely fell into a rut where I would do the same thing day in and day out, which is a little ridiculous because there is so much to do. In the last episode, I spoke with Max about Joe Wicks and online PE lessons, which are really encouraging and there are countless ways to exercise without feeling alone. Right now, my preferred way is geocaching. Geocaching is a real-world treasure hunt. You get coordinates and clues that lead you to a container that sometimes contains cute little treasures that you can find and trade, but mostly just contain adventure and bragging rights. As someone who's always loved mysteries, easter egg hunts, and code-breaking games, it's incredibly appealing and so much fun. When you find a cache, you get to write your name down, maybe leave a message on the app so people know you found it. In a way, it's almost like a time capsule. A way of saying, Daniel was here. Which is pretty cool. In the UK right now, we've just been given the okay to exercise outside as often as we like. Previously, we were only allowed outside for one kind of exercise, as well as essential travel, which makes it pretty hard to go on adventures and have fun. But geocaching is a cool way of exploring the path less trodden, and getting a sense of achievement out of it too, while still following social distancing rules, of course. The community is also something to be excited about. People use trackable items like geocoins or travel bugs, which have codes on them. They place them in a cache with a goal. Some just want to see how far that treasure can go, and some have destinations in mind. But all of them are an exciting and unique way of engaging with a community you don't even see, but get to be united with by a common interest. I've been geocaching for a week or two, but already have discovered beautiful parts of my city I didn't even know existed. Already have made plans to explore with friends when it's safe to do so. Some caches are pretty hard and have codes that need to be broken, riddles that need to be solved and that makes the experience all the more interesting. Geocaching is a great reminder that there is adventure to be had all around you, and that there are still secrets and wonders to be found, even if you can't travel very far. And no matter how old you are, it is still important to take time to appreciate the small things that are so easily overlooked. Lockdown is hard. I miss a lot of things I used to be able to do, but in many ways it's opened my eyes to some great ways of exploring and having fun, things that would never have occurred to me before. Geocaching is a very accessible and open activity. You can find geocaches in millions of places. You don't have to be overly fit, which after two months of lockdown is perfect for me, and there's a range of difficulties for caches hidden all over the place, from easy to impossibly hard. So when you can have a little team working together, there's certainly room for that. It's also proved a popular pastime for several celebrities. Hugh Jackman, Will Wheaton, Anthony Bourdain, Darren Aronofsky, just to name a few. Mysteries and a sense of adventure attract all sorts of people, and the hobby has changed a lot since it started in Oregon way back in 2000. It's become a much better way of learning about local areas and environments. And a lot of caches now have really detailed descriptions about historical relevance. 
fun facts and details about personal experiences about that place. They really bring you close to the team behind the cache and allow you to be part of that community. I can only imagine how good geocaching would be if you can leave the city. It feels like it would be an excellent way to explore someplace new, which is definitely on my bucket list for when things go back to normal. For the meantime though, I give geocaching 8 stars, and I recommend it to people looking for an excuse to explore without breaking any social distancing rules. After the break I'll be talking about Hitchbot, a Canadian hitchhiking robot that gained international attention. But first, this episode is pretty short. I'm never going to pad out an episode that would take away from what I have to say. And honestly, this is more for me than it is for anyone else. For now though, if you're enjoying the pod, why not give it a review? I'll talk about some other ways to support me at the end of the podcast. Hitchbot was a Canadian hitchhiking robot created by two university professors in Canada back in 2013. It successfully hitchhiked across Canada, Germany, and the Netherlands, but in 2015 its attempt to hitchhike across the USA ended abruptly when it was brutally destroyed in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. The robot was designed to learn about how people interact with technology, with a focus on whether robots can trust humanity. It couldn't walk or really talk much, and it had to complete its journey by asking to be carried by the people that picked it up. The robot could carry basic conversation, talk facts, and be a companion to the people he was hitchhiking, but not much else. Hitchbot also had his own social media accounts posting regular updates about where it was, where it was heading, and how much it loved humanity. On the 1st of August 2015, the day it died, it tweeted, Oh dear, my body was damaged, but I live on with all my friends. Sometimes bad things happen to good robots. That tweet broke my heart. Hitchbot didn't live long enough to meet Ellen. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but it received an awful lot of attention internationally. From July 27th to August 21st, 2014, it travelled across Canada from the Institute of Applied Creativity in Halifax to British Columbia. That's less than a month of travel, and it travelled nearly 2,500 miles. That robot was so popular that at times its GPS had to be turned off to prevent people visiting the house of the person who had acquired it. A second hitchbot was made, which travelled to Germany over 10 days in February of 2015 later travelling the Netherlands for three weeks in June of the same year. It was attempts to cross the US that proved too challenging. Moving from Boston to San Francisco proved to be the task that killed the robot. After two weeks of travel, the robot was destroyed, decapitated, and the head was never found. Co-creator of Hitchbot, Fro Gazella, was quoted as saying, We can see on all the data that the tablet and battery and everything shut off at the same time, so that must have been when they vandalised the robot. Hitchbot died on the 1st of August 2015 after a year as a successful experiment. It was because of human kindness that Hitchbot could travel the world, and it was sadly due to human cruelty that the journey ended. But the sad fate of Hitchbot raised issues of autonomous tech, ethics of robot treatment, and how we treat human-like things in everyday life. The first Hitchbot is a permanent exhibit at the Canada Science and Technology Museum, and in 2019 the developers of the original Hitchbot made a second Hitchbot, Hitchbot 2.0, who was sent to Paris and is appearing in a play, Killing Robots, by Linda Blanchett. There is a lot to learn from Hitchbot, about human kindness, adventuring, and discovery. But Hitchbot would not have survived if it wasn't for a team of dedicated people helping the robot every step of the way. Hitchbot united people, gained thousands of followers, and highlighted what a community can do. If we can each do a little thing, it can go a long way. Unless it has to pass through Philadelphia, of course. I give Hitchbot 10 stars, but I give whoever destroyed Hitchbot 
our first ever one out of ten. And that's the end of the show. As always, you can follow me at It's Mr. Dan J on Twitter or Instagram. You can email the email down in the description with any suggestions, thoughts, or just to say hi. And as always, you can rate and review in most apps, and please do, it does help us an awful lot. Thank you very much, I'll see you in two weeks. Unlimited exercise is a lot like unlimited breadsticks. It's nice to have the option, Boris, but I'm probably just going to stick with one or two.